I thank the Lord that I can be here this Sunday morning, and it's a joy and a privilege and more so an honor to join you in worshiping our Lord and our Savior today. I bring you greetings from the Ministry of Compassion and very specially the children of Asia. This morning, I've, as you know, and as you, many of you, have been involved in the Ministry of Compassion, I do want to say thank you so much for what you are doing in collaboration and partnership with the churches, very specifically in NIAS. I understand that there are three projects that many of you sponsor, children of, in these projects, and I have a small gift from you from those little kids. Could you play the video, please? Well, those are the children who wanted to know how much they are thankful to you for what you're doing. And if you didn't get the language, they're speaking Bahasa. Tarumakasi means thank you. And Diaho is a word that is very common to the island of Nias. It's a tribal word of saying thank you and affirmation to you. So on behalf of the children, thank you so much for what you're doing. This morning, I mean, you may not be knowing how much God is using you to not only just bless children, but to transform the next generation of this world. If you are a sponsor, and you've, I've heard that some of you are sponsoring for the last few months, but as you journey in the relationship, the ministry of compassion has been called by the Lord very specifically to partner with the local church. Compassion doesn't own any project of the 7,200 projects across the world. It is the work of the church. And for us in compassion, we are humble because the Lord has given us the call to serve His church, His children, and to glorify His name. Compassion has an amazing joy of being a servant to the church. And more so, it's not us who actually do anything. It's people like you who join the work of the Holy Spirit, who give through your time, your prayers, and also through your, your funds and transform lives. And the joy of being in this ministry. I come from a corporate background. I'm a missionary's kid. But when God called my wife and I, we both were in the, in the technology world in India. And we made the, the, 
I would say, the, the hope and the joy of coming into missions. And over the last 15 years, you know all that's happening in Asia, but it's a joy to see God at work. Because poverty is so dark. It's so dark and it's evil. But what a program like this does, it doesn't just give a meal, it doesn't make an empty stomach full, it just doesn't add education in the absence of, of a skill, it just doesn't give a medical support in the case of there is a sickness, it just doesn't provide a place to play. Poverty is beyond that. And the ministry that you are doing offers hope. You could have a meal in your home tonight, you could have a bed to sleep, but if you don't have hope for tomorrow, you've lost it. A ministry like this allows children to know that in spite of my circumstances, there is hope. Hope not just because it's a program, but hope in the one who leads, and that is his church. The children don't really come to a compassion-centered program. They come to a local church. The community sees that. And that's the reason why a program like this is so amazing. It transforms lives. And you know, when you invest into children, I don't want to keep saying this again, when you invest into children, you're actually turning a generation to Jesus. And the greatest joy of working with children is you are actually through that one child communicating to a generation that you don't see. Because when that child becomes a disciple of Christ, they start a home. That generation communicates. And you're passing on the gospel beyond you. And I would encourage you this morning, if you feel called of the Lord to know more about compassion, there is a desk behind there. We have our precious advocates who want to help you out. Ask us questions. Ask us questions. We will be able to answer you as much as you can. But if the Lord is working in your heart this morning time, and you feel you want to be bigger than what God is doing right now in your life here, I would, I would encourage you to consider knowing more and following the ways of the Holy Spirit. So on behalf of the children, again, thank you. It's such a blessing and a joy to be here in Coast Community Church this morning. I have been given the, the, the theme today that says, Building Stones for the Construction, and it's taken from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 to 22. I apologize, I know the, the, sun, the, sorry, the light is on my bald head, and it could be causing a big reflection. Please bear with me. I always tell people this after I lost all my hair, God made a few perfect heads, and on the rest, he put hair. Right? So, so my apologies for that. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 to 22. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 to 22. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are and are of God's household, having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into the dwelling of God in the Spirit. And the topic that was given, I want to repeat that again, is part and parcel of your theme for this year, Building stones for the construction. Building stones. And I want to focus on the word stones and construction. But before that, would you bow your heads and pray with me, please? Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, giving you the joy that we can sit in the presence of the Holy One of Israel. 
we can bow our hearts and our lives on the Lord's Day morning and say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. You are great and you are marvelous and powerful in all your ways. This morning as we come to you in the name of Jesus, it's our prayer that you would speak to us. Meet with us in the point of our need and have your will accomplished as you call us to be your disciples. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's a new morning in the deep jungles of, West, of East Africa. As the sun is breaking up, an antelope is waking up from its sleep, getting ready for the day that is ahead. The antelope is thinking to itself, today I need to be the one to run fast. If I am not faster than the fastest lion, I would be dead. I may not see the end of the day. The antelope says in his mind that if I don't run as fast as I can, I may not survive. On the other side of the jungle, a lion is waking up facing the day, preparing for the day that is ahead. The lion gets up ready and thinks to itself and says to itself, I need to run faster than the fastest antelope. Because today if I do not run as fast as I can, I will not be able to exist. I need my meal. I will go hungry. So existence will be a challenge. Two animals living in the same forest having two different objectives, but having one to survive and one to exist. Look at the animals for a moment of time. Many of us could be sitting here this morning, surviving and existing. I don't know whether that's you, sit walking on the treadmill of life, running fast as you can. You're still in the same place. Many of us in life today get into rocking chairs. You know, no matter how much you rock and get to sleep, you're still in the same place. The tragedy of Christian life today is we forget that there is a God who has given himself for us and calls us to join him in his commission. He places us, and the passage of scripture given to us, he places us in the body of Christ and he's building for himself. He's using stones, that's you and me, for the construction of him building this world. The joy of being in the last days is that he's using you and me to prepare this world for the coming of his son. Just think for a moment. Why should he do that? And the passage of scripture that is given to us and under this theme, as I've been meditating, I feel I want to leave with you three things about stones today and get you and me to study and journey as the Lord leads this church in what is he calling you to be a witness for him in these last days. But before we jump, and I want to clarify something. We're not talking here about bricks, we're talking about stones. Why stones? Stones were first used in construction in 9000 to 5000 BC. Using what we know today, what we call a stone masonry. The formed stones were from a limestone quarry. So when a building was designed and they were ready to go ahead and build, they would go to a quarry, they pick up stones, they'll make stones from that. They were not bricks, but they were stones. So get this into your mind. I want us to focus on stones. So three things for you today. Number one, stones are important. Why? Because stones are formed. Stones are formed. When the design is completed by the architect, they find the stone quarry. They go and find, they do the soil test, and then they start hewing out the stone from that lime quarry. Once they get that into place, they take it from a natural state, and they form it into what it has to be used. It is kept ready for construction based on the design of the architect. 
But you have to understand something. It's not visible to the human eye. It is hidden underground. It is extracted from there. It is formed into size and it is put per the design for use. It's the same with us today. Think about our life. The passage that we just read, if you read the earlier verses in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 says, For you were dead in your trespasses. In the other half of the book of Ephesians, it says in, in chapter 3 that you were darkness. You and I were hidden. This Lord Jesus Christ, His light came and found you and me and took us from that death state and made us into His own image. He forms us. And you and I have not been formed by the master builder for something accidental. The same passage of Scripture in verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 2 says, For, you, for we are His workmanship created for Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Thank God you are not created after something that is a disaster. God spoke and the world came into being. But when the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit thought about you and me, the word of the Lord tells me, in, my, in the scripture that I read, that they decided, let us make man in our own image. In other words, they put man in the sand, in an image that they had. There was only one standard, it was themselves. And the word of the Lord says, and God breathed. Think for that moment, you don't breathe into somebody. When you want to resuscitate somebody, you don't pull them up and breathe. You kneel down. You stoop down. That is the God that we worship who stooped down and breathed life into you and me and knew that years later we will put him on the cross. And yet he died. And yet he rose. And yet he's called us to life. Brother and sister, this morning, I don't know about you, but I feel encouraged because I have a God who talks to me every day and tells me, I'm making you into my own image. Because you know why? In Jude 24, I want to present you faultless before the Father with exceeding great joy. Stones are formed. The second thing that I learned from this passage is stones are placed. When a stone is formed, you just don't leave it there and come and say, it's good. There has to be a purpose. On its own, this one block doesn't make sense. But when it's put together, it brings forth something. So what happens is it has to be moved. On its own, it cannot do anything. So you notice when it's formed, it has to be brought by the builder and it has to be placed in the place for which it was designed. In other words, once it is formed, there is a purpose for it. For that purpose to be accomplished, it has to be brought and placed into where the builder has planned so that the final design is fulfilled. While we know that we have been formed, we also have to realize that we have been placed. Have you ever thought, why is it that you were not born during World War I? Do any of you get up and say, I do not know why. I should have been born during the Stone Age. No, I don't see any guy doing that. Everybody's happy to be born right now. But did you ever ask yourself, why did God choose you to be born and placed it right now where you are? You don't choose when to be born. You don't choose when to be die. Everything between birth and death is a matter of choice. And if God has placed you, He has placed you with a purpose. Because the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18 says, But now God has placed the members, each one of them in the body, just as He desired. Wow! So if you have somebody sitting next to you who is an absolute pain, praise the Lord for them. You know why? Because He has placed them in the body. 
You didn't choose yourself to be placed. If you are here today worshipping the Lord and part of this community, part of this church, part of this country, part of this world and part of history, history is actually His story. And that God looks to you and tells you, I have placed you. There are no accidents with Him. Oswald Chambers, the famous writer, says, God places His saints when they will bring Him the most glory. And we are totally incapable of judging what that might be. How true it is, right? And yet we crib when we have to go to work on Monday morning. Yet we crib when the coffee maker breaks. Yet we crib and we complain when there's a traffic jam. Yet we crib and complain when the internet goes down. But think about the millions who don't even have that. And think about what life is. And think about how much blessed we are in the developed world to know that we have been placed for a time such as this. God has no accidents, dear brother. Dear sister, his ways are perfect. The question to you this morning is, are you enjoying him where he has placed you? He's placed you in his body. He's placed you in his church. and He has placed you as a light in this dark world. Stones are formed. Stones are placed. And lastly, stones are together. When you walk to I don't know how many of you went to the Taj Mahal or you've been to the Colosseum in, um, in Rome. It's not one structure. It's several stones put together. You don't see it. It's concealed to the human eye. But you know what the stones do? They come together and they bear the load. They share the load. And that's the reason why when you go to a building and you look at it and say, wow, it's a good construction, you do not see what is inside. You just see the end result. And God who formed us and God who places us does it that we will be together. Nobody visits these buildings and nobody visits these huge architectural designs and say, wow, can I look at that one stone? You and I are known to this world to be his disciples. The book of Romans chapter 12 verses 4 to 5 says it beautifully. Just as each of us have one body with many members... And these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. You, Coast Community, belong to each other. The world doesn't look at you and come and say, those are nice guys worshipping you there. They say they worship a living God, and those guys are different. You know why? Because they have been formed by the Eternal One, the Great I Am. They have been placed by the Eternal One, the Great I Am. And they are put together by the Eternal One, the Great I Am. What a joy to be a disciple of Jesus. No matter where we worship, no matter whichever world we are, at the end of the day, at the foot of the cross, the ground is equal. And God calls us to be His stones for His construction. This morning, as you come to the end of the service and as you go from here, do you want to go back the way you came? Or do you want to go back as one? You know who your God is. And you know why He has formed you. And you know the purpose for why He has placed you in this world. And you also know the purpose for why He has put you together. We need each other. We need each other. Maybe not be like crabs. That I come from the city. I live on the shore. And crabs, when we catch crabs, we don't put a lid over the bucket. You know why? When one crab goes on top, you know what happens? The other one pulls it down. Those are crabs, if you watch carefully. We Christians are not crabs. We are children of the Most High God. 
We build one another up. We edify one another up. And that's the reason why we are building stones for the construction of God's purpose. Many young people in the life that we used to work with would, would not know the difference between career and purposes. What's your life purpose? I want to be a physician. I want to be a scientist. I want to be this and that. And we confuse career and, 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 and our purpose, right? Career is what I'm paid for. Purpose is what I'm made for. Do you know that purpose? And if you do not know it, I'd encourage you this morning. There's room at the cross for you. Would you come to Jesus and talk to him and tell him to tell you why you are building stones for his construction? Stones are formed, stones are placed, and stones are together. Let's pray. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, this morning, as you prepare your hearts to come to communion, what do you want to tell the Father? He's standing next to you. He's calling you into a deeper relationship with Him. Talk to Him. Praise you, Father, this morning that we can learn of you. Praise you for grace. Praise you for love. Praise you for Calvary. As we remain in worship and as we partake at your table, we move our hearts with what moves you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.